Good afternoon. It is Friday, April 9th, and you are tuning in to the Connect Group Leaders podcast for the following week. Man, what a what an awesome, awesome Easter we had. My name is Lindsay. I am serve here at Crossroads as the family minister, and I get to come to you for the next few weeks as we get through this spring season, uh, filling in for Joel. And uh, I'm excited about this week's lesson and the message uh, that our pastor will bring to us. Uh, it's titled Family Values. Do they really even matter anymore? And uh, just a couple things on the front end I wanted to just kind of go over with you uh, as far as announcements are concerned. Uh, if you do have questions, obviously the leaders resource page is still there. Uh, you'll need to access that. You can get the podcast on there. Uh, you can also pull down the leader's guide, which is usually available by 5 p.m. on uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, crossroadschristian.org slash leader uh, is, is that, and the password is community. That should not have changed. But if you have any questions regarding that, feel free to shoot myself an email at family at crossroadschristian.org. I'll do my very best to help you uh, along the way. Um, but anyways, yeah, this week is going to be a great lesson. Our pastor will be preaching um, on family values. Do they even matter anymore? But I just wanted to recap what Easter weekend was like. Uh, I'm assuming most of you listening to this uh, were able to worship with us outside. It was a really an awesome, awesome uh, occasion to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and also see so many people uh, come forward and give their lives to the Lord and be baptized. Uh, I think uh, roughly we had 73 baptisms uh, over the weekend, uh, which is, I think, the most we've had uh, ever uh, in one weekend. So uh, that's something to celebrate. Not that it's really about us, but really it's about the work that the Lord did. And so um, we celebrate and rejoice with those families who um, who made that decision. So uh, just think about this week. Pray for them. Pray for those new New converts, new new people who've come to Christ, and um, I pray that God sends us a whole bunch more. I uh, also wanted to remind you to do your attendance after every one of your group meetings this, this season. Some of you might be uh, transitioning from an online model to an in-person model as uh, COVID cases tend to be on the decline and people get vaccinated. And uh, I encourage you to let us know so that we kind of know what your group's doing. If you haven't notified us of that yet, um, I think a, a sh an email to myself or to Joel or to um, Lisa.Smith at CrossroadsChristian.org, she, she can let us know of those, those changes too. But either way, uh, we hope you're, you're taking your, your meetings seriously. Uh, it's very important that uh, you get together each week with, with, with your people uh, to care for them and love them and um, meet them exactly where God has them. So. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's dive into the lesson uh, again. Family values. This is a one-part um, series. Uh, I know uh, it was kind of. They told us last week that it could be multiple weeks, but it is just one week. Uh, so Pastor's going to kind of get right into it uh, as he gets going in his message on Sunday, which which will be exciting to hear. But let me just let's just kind of go through the questions. Uh, this lesson could lend itself to. Uh, some political talks. I just want to encourage you guys to to steer away from that uh, as much as possible. We know everybody has an opinion on politics, and um, 
and it's important, I think, in this context of a small group that we, we try to avoid as much of that as possible. Uh, hopefully the questions we wrote uh, don't, don't take us that direction, but it's often, oftentimes we get passionate about uh, a certain topic or two. Uh, so just, just be cautious of that. Uh, everybody is, is important, and uh, those topics uh, can be divisive if we're not careful. But let's just kind of dive in. Question number one says, what do you think most Christians feel about the culture around them right now, uh, and why? Uh, we left that kind of open-ended for you guys to kind of discuss and talk, because we know everybody has a little different feelings about that, depending on where they are uh, in their walk with the Lord. Uh, and we know some people who are very mature that can be very passionate about things. So, so again, we left that open-ended, thinking that you guys can have some fun discussion with that um, as, we, as we dive into uh, the Connect Group discussion this week. Number two says, what are some values you and your family and your family instilled in you when you were growing up? These are just things that, you know, when I look back as a, as a child myself, I think about the things that my dad would teach me. Uh, and one of them was always the golden rule. Do unto others as you, as you would have done to you or treat others as you would want to be treated. Uh, that was really, really um, kind of pressed into me when I was young. Even though that's a biblical principle, my parents were not Christian. And, uh, but that was one of, those, one of those things that I look back on and I remember very well. Another one for me uh, was uh, my dad used to always say, shake, shake, when you shake someone's hand, look them in the eye and call them by their first name. Um, and so all my life I've tried to try to do that. And I still hold those values. So so have some fun with that. I think those are good. Uh, no matter what kind of family you grew up in, I think it's always important to, to take some stuff away from that, um, the good and the bad. So everybody's a little different on that, and every family's different. But uh, hopefully you can, you can remember some things and some values that your parents taught you uh, growing up that maybe you're even now teaching to your own family um, that uh, you still hold today. So that's getting started. That's just kind of the icebreaker stuff. Digging deeper is where we're going to dive into the Word a little bit and, and kind of drill down on maybe some things that the pastor talked about. Question number one says, our world is a mess, and we are often left wondering what we can do about it. Jesus prays in John 17, 14 through 19, uh, what themes do you notice emerging in his prayer? And so uh, I'm just going to read through this here real quick, and hopefully we can I can explain to you what um, what we thought was emerging out of that prayer so as you have the discussion it should come fresh for you too John 17 14 through 19 says I've given you given them your word and the world has hated them because they they are not of this world just as I'm not of this world I do not ask that you take them out of this world but that you keep them from the evil one they are not of the world just as I am not of the world Verse 17 says, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into this world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may be sanctified in truth. And so kind of the themes that Joel and I, as we, as we sat down and talked through that, uh, one of the things that we pulled out of that was that God's word is given to us for guidance. Uh, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Uh, and and that sometimes that's a real fine line that we have to walk. But bottom line is that when we are living in this world, and there's another question we'll get into here later that asks about um, us being sojourners or just here temporarily. Bottom line, we're here just for a little while, and we have God's word to guide us while we are here, and it's for a purpose. Uh, 
The next question is, what's the difference between being in the world and being worldly? It's a great question. Being in the world means that we are physically present in this world. It's like saying we are living in the state of Texas, okay? But we don't live in Dallas. Or if you if you if you're living in the state of Texas, but you live in Grand Prairie or Arlington, okay? We are in Texas, but we are not in each one of those cities. It's kind of what, what I think the scriptures are saying here. Being in the world means we are physically present in the world, but we do not share its values. Um, the Bible says that we are to be set apart. Being worldly involves embracing an ungodly value system and behaviors and the characteristics that the world has to offer. Being Not being of this world means to do just the opposite. Okay? So it's very important that we as Christians oftentimes think through that before we make decisions. Uh, because there is a way that the world responds to things. And there's a way that we should respond to things. Uh, and so we should always choose the path that God would have for us. Um, the old saying is true, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Uh, I think it's still a very, a very appropriate statement today. And I think as we are living in this world and we are navigating through the difficult seasons, uh, I think we can ask ourselves the same questions. Um, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? We can, we can, should be able to find our answer. Number two, read Micah 7, 1 through 7. In this passage, Micah laments the wickedness in his, in his culture, the lack of order in society, and the corruption of officials who fail to uphold his justice. What does it take to live a godly life in a culture that doesn't give second thought to God and his righteous standards? So I'm not, we're not going to read all that. I'm not going to read, read, read the micro passage, but you guys should do that in your group. But let me just kind of walk through uh, just a couple comments uh, on that question. I think, I think for us, to, it, will, it will take a commitment and dedication uh, for us to adhere to God's standards. Uh, it will take an unwavering trust in God. And it will take an identity firmly rooted in Christ. And it will also take consistent consistency between our beliefs and our actions. It's almost like a, the, a balance that we have to do. You know, we can't be so far to one direction that we push away the people that we're trying to reach. And we can't be so far in one direction that we don't even resemble the Christ we call our king. So uh, as you read Micah, I hope that you'll find some of those statements. But uh, they're all listed here in the leader's guide. Uh, but the very bottom statement, verse 7, says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. And uh, what a great passage as we are navigating in a very, very wild world that we're currently living in that really has no desire to please God. The next question says, how do we stay focused on God when a culture around us is so chaotic? Uh, this is similar to a question we ask over here on the other side, uh, but, but I think there's some different answers. Um, one of the things that, that we, I think is important on this, on this question is, is to make sure your hope is in an unchanging God, not a shifting culture. Seek God through his word, through his fellowship with other believers, and accountability with others. So the world changes all the time, but God's word never changes. 
And I think it's important to remember that. Because when we when we shift every time every time something in our world shifts, then 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 we're we're no different than the, than those who don't call upon the name of the Lord. It's very important that we stay consistent, uh, rooted in God's word, so that we can reach many people who are feeling differently than we are. Question number three says, read Joshua 24, verse 15. How do these words reinforce Micah's statement of declaration in Micah 7, 7? Joshua 24, verse 15 says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So what do these words mean to you personally as you face the pressures that this world has to offer? And so again, I think that's a very open-ended question, and it may be different for each one in your group as you go around the room. Uh, but I would just tell you that um, bottom line is our job is to serve the Lord. And we are serving Him. We are serving His purposes and His plans for our lives, which is also true for the lives of others. And so... As you think about that question, um, think about how that personally may impact you, how it might impact your decisions, uh, your thoughts, all those sort of things. All right, that's digging deeper. I know I didn't hit every question, but I did hit the, the, the high points. Um, uh, let's get to the practical application. And there's two questions on this one. Number one says, what do you think Peter, why do you think Peter described the church as sojourners and exiles in 1 Peter to 11 through 12. This is what I referred to earlier. And so as a, you know, a sojourner or an exile as someone who is not from a current land. Um, and our response to that, I think, is it helps give us a clear mission to, to the reach that the world, the reach the world rather than, than write it off. You know, it's easy just to get frustrated with kind of what we see in our world today, whether it's, whether it's a major social issue racism, um, feminism, whatever the case may be, but you could fill in the blank to whatever thing gets you upset about. Uh, it's easy just to kind of write people off and say, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to do that. Um, but I, I don't think that's what we're called to do. Um, I think we're, we're called for a mission. And God has given us a great commission. And um, I love what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where he said that we are ambassadors for him. And uh, I think we see ourselves as an ambassador for Christ. It goes on to say in that passage, it says, as if God were making his appeal through us. Uh, that's very true. And God is making his appeal through us. As we, as we go to our jobs, as we, as, we, as we minister to people that we work with, uh, our neighborhoods, uh, the, the, the people that we live next door to, uh, your school teachers, if you're a student, uh, or if you're a parent, uh, the, the teachers who teach your kids, uh, you're making an impact on them. Uh, if, you're a, if you're a dad and you're coaching a basketball team or a baseball team, uh, the impact that you have in that, in that little world that you're in uh, is huge. And so just realize God is making his appeal through you. Uh, and that's really what, uh, what Peter is describing here as he refers to us as sojourners and exiles. He says also, 
the next question goes on to say, why is it so important to remember that our mission and calling as we engage people outside the church, especially when addressing the issues in which we don't agree on? And let me just answer that. I think it's, it, it's so important to remember our mission and our calling because it helps us see other people through the eyes of God. I think we often, oftentimes we, we, we kind of have a, a, a blinded view of, of people because we, we have developed our own mindset and a lot of it's good, but, um, but we need to understand that people are loved by God, even people who are different than us. And so our, our job as believers is to build a bridge to them, not, not tear it down so they can't come to us, ultimately, that they can't come to the Lord. And so um, we need to be patient with people. And just remember that God is with us as we go. Uh, he never said he would leave us as orphans. He had said just the opposite. And understand there's going to be challenges, but we don't have to fear because we are walking with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. When Jesus went away, he said he was going to give us a helper, the Holy Spirit. Okay, last question. What are some ways we can support fellow believers who are taking, uh, who are taking a difficult and costly stand for godly principles, uh, this is ought to be ought to be easy for us to answer, but I think oftentimes we we don't get uh, uh, we we choose to just avoid them instead of engaging in it. Uh, and I think the easy answer is pray for them. We can start by just praying for people who are taking a hard stand for God. Uh, we can encourage them. We can call them. We can send them text messages. Uh, but ultimately, we can join them. You know, we we can take a stand with them. I think the hardest thing to do is take a stand in something and be by yourself. You know, um, uh, I think God calls us to do something more. Uh, oftentimes, it's 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 a it's it's a monetary thing. You can give them uh, money to help them fund whatever it is that they're, they're doing. Um, and so those are those are some easy things we can do uh, to help people um, who are taking a stand for godly principles. Um, as always, in our connect groups, um, I think, as again, as things get better, be cautious about how you do food. Um, if you're doing food in your connect groups for meeting in person, um, I think be cautious with that. Uh, Prepackaged type stuff is good. Um, and uh, drinks and things of that nature. But also remember, the most important part of our group meeting should be our prayer time. Uh, as we are praying for each other praying for the things that we have going on in the world and, uh, and praying that, um, that, that God, you could do something fantastic in our life. So uh, don't neglect the, the prayer request. That's super important. And uh, I know this week's going to be a great week for you guys. Uh, again, pray for our pastor. Pray for a great weekend at Crossroads. Pray for um, all, the, all the churches around our country that are preaching the gospel and uh, making an impact for the kingdom. And um, I promise God will... God will bless that, and uh, hopefully he'll bless your group as you uh, navigate uh, through this discussion and, uh, and minister to your people. Thanks for being on the podcast with me today. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to be with you. I don't get to do this very often, but I will be on here for the next uh, six, six to eight weeks, um, and um, hopefully you get to hear a little bit more about me in the process. If you have questions about anything we talked about today, feel free to uh, shoot me an email at family at crossroadschristian.org. Uh, God bless you guys. Have a good day.